This is Train Your Body with Melanie Cole, an expert guest from the American College of Sports Medicine on Radio MD. Are you tracking your running mileage, calories burned, average heart rate using a wearable device? Well, the American College of Sports Medicine has announced its annual fitness trend forecast for 2016. And for the first time, wearable technology will be the top trend in fitness. And I believe this. And of course, my guest today is fan favorite here on Train Your Body, Dr. Walter Thompson. He's a Regents Professor of Exercise Science in the Department of Kinesiology and Health at Georgia State University. So, Dr. Thompson, let's talk first about this wearable technology. I have a Fitbit. I use it. I love it. But I have stopped wearing it because it's hard to sleep in these things. They get a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Well, it's not only that, but I was recently in Spain giving a lecture. I think there were about 250 people in the audience. And at the top of the hour, I started hearing these beeps going off and people standing up in the middle of my lecture and after the lecture, I asked them, you know, what was going on, and they said, well, my uh, smartwatch said it was time to stand up. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, it, it, it wasn't at the time <laughs> when I was giving my lecture, but uh, it, I, it's certainly understandable because that's one of those cool things that these devices do. Really, they do. I, I know that they, they help you with sleep. And they can track your sleeping and your and your calories burned. And I mean, now they're even talking about putting them in shoes, some shoe companies, because they're so uncomfortable on the wrist. So where do you think that's going? Yeah, well, it's a huge industry, and my guess is that it's going to be a very good holiday season for uh, these wearable technology manufacturers. Uh, it, it's actually been predicted that. Things like the Apple uh, Watch is going to sell more than 485 million devices within the next two years. Wow. Uh, It's incredible. It's it's like a $6 billion industry, even toward the end of 2016. Uh, So it it did hit the market really big this year, um, but I think it's going to be sustainable because who doesn't like a cool gadget? That's right. People like the cool gadgets. And do you think that these help to motivate you? Like the people in your audience got up because they said, my thing says I'm supposed to stand up now. Do you think they give you a little bit of an extra bit of motivation to keep going and do a little bit more than you might have if you weren't wearing one? Well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know the answer to that question directly, Melanie, because this uh, industry is really in its infancy. I just see people reacting to messages that they get on their smartwatches and on their phones these days, uh, I, I would predict that uh, they're not only motivational, but they're going to be built into them so much sophisticated information. I'll give you an example. You know, one of the things that we often talk about uh, in, is energy balance. And up until now, these smartwatches and smartphones have done a pretty good job through GPS tracking. Uh, and accelerometry to tell us how many calories are burned. But now we can actually enter what we eat into these devices, and they can tell us moment by moment where we are in our energy balance, whether it's a positive energy balance or a negative energy balance or a zero energy balance. So every moment of the day, uh, it's going to tell us that we've either eaten too much based on our physical activity level or not eaten enough or when it's time to eat. Uh, so it's going to be really, really interesting to watch 
how this industry grows. And yeah, I think it is going to be very motivational because you can be wearing these devices all the time. You can, and different than the movie Wally, where all these devices were built in so that we didn't have to move, this is absolutely just the opposite, right? I mean, this gives you the the ability to do these things and keep track of it versus laying there and just watching life go by. So now let's move on to the next one. Body weight training. And my son's in gymnastics, Dr. Thompson, and so much of what I'm working with him on is just strictly body weight. I don't want him lifting a lot of weights. He's 15. And body weight training, push-ups and chin-ups and pull-ups and all of those things seem to be such a great way to work out. So we started seeing body weight training uh, really become popular within the industry in about 2008. You know, this is the 10th year that we've done this worldwide fitness trend survey. So we're able to see over the past decade what uh, is popular and what becomes unpopular. But body weight training really became popular around 2008, 2009, and then shot up to number one in about 2010 and sustained a top five in our survey each year since that time. I think, Melody, what's happened with body weight training is that uh, it's been repackaged, packaged and repackaged by some really smart people who know marketing. We're also taking advantage of the recession that we experienced post-2008, where almost everybody was had this back-to-basics kind of mentality. And the health and fitness industry followed that because at the same time we saw expensive kinds of of exercise programs like indoor cycling start to decrease in popularity. You know, to fix a bike, it's going to be about $100 just to put a new pedal on. So instead of spending that $100 putting a new pedal on an indoor cycle when it broke, they simply put it in the closet. So at the same time that we saw low-cost exercise programs like body weight training become popular post-2008 into the recession, we saw the high-cost kinds of exercise kind of waning, like indoor cycling and Pilates. And those kinds of programs haven't rebounded. But now that we're out of the recession, we still see the popularity of body weight training for sure because the industry uh, is repackaging. It's a great, great form of exercise. But now we're starting to see this more higher-cost wearable technology come onto the market. It's fascinating, isn't it? It is, it is, and some of those cycles, those indoor cycles, were so expensive, in the thousands. I mean, and the more technology that they got on them, the more expensive that they were. So I do love that. Now, we just have time for about one or two more. So go to the high-intensity high interval training, the HIIT training, because that's kind of been controversial a little bit, and with heart patients and coming and going. So just give us two more in just about a minute and a half, Dr. T. Sure. Interval training is nothing new. Interval training has been around for a long, long time. But what's new is the high-intensity interval training. The kind of interval training we used to do is we would classify it more as moderate-intensity interval training. But this is a high-intensity interval training. The high-intensity, by definition, being more than about 90% of your maximum for whatever activity it happens to be. Uh, So high-intensity interval training became very popular uh, when it was introduced by several companies uh, uh, as infomercials on television uh, and on Saturday morning, 30-minute workouts, those kinds of things. We've seen this high intensity. I can't tell you, Melanie, how long it's going to stick around uh, because there seems to be some controversy 
surrounding it, particularly with injury rates. We don't have all the data yet, so we can't say for sure whether or not high-intensity interval training is causing more injuries. Uh, we suspect that might may be the case, but until we have the hard data, uh, it's going to be difficult for us to say yes or no, it does cause injury, acute or chronic. But we do know it, uh, it, it is a popular form of exercise. It dropped to number three this year. It was number two last year. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens uh, in the ensuing years when we have more data to uh, represent. Uh, and okay. another strength. Well, we've only got like 20 seconds now. So you want to wrap it up? Tell people where they can find out more information. Sure. They can go to uh, the uh, ACSM website, acsm.org, and download the entire, uh, it, it's free, it's online, uh, entire survey. And, um, and actually, they can go back and look at all 10 issues of the survey. Take a look and see what's popular and what's not popular. See, I think that's great because some people use that to pick their own kinds of workout based on these trends. These are not fads. These are trends. We're going to talk more, so stay tuned and stay well.